You're listening to Chasms of the Mind, a show where I, Chaz Bruns, ask my guests random questions about life. Enjoy. What's up, guys? I hate to admit it. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing. I forgot to hit record on my camera, so there's no footage of me for this episode. Um, but everything with Jana came out great. Uh, you're going to love it. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome to all of you guest number two, the beautiful, talented Jana Savage, who happens Go on. to <laughs> happens to randomly be here in the frozen tundra of Maine, normally living in L.A. for how long now? About 13 years. 13 my sister years. decided to have a baby in the cold. I really wish she could have planned that better, but... Yeah, so you're leaving back to do some new projects. I am. I do want to talk to you about those. Okay. I need to clear the air about something. Oh, God. I dated Jana in first grade. It's my first boyfriend. I found out the other day, uh, we were at your brother's house. Mm -hmm. You've been telling your family that I cheated on you. Yeah, he was a whore. You were a whore back then. Now, who's the girl that you said that I left you for? Her name was Beth, and you didn't leave her for me but I um I broke up with you I broke up with you and your response was that's okay I still have Beth anyway so I guess yeah maybe you you were you were double dipping see I think this is a made-up person no I remember her she was cute oh she she was a I remember that we were friends but I couldn't I couldn't go to her house because she didn't have proper parental supervision Okay. Well, so. the way that I remember this <laughs> this story is that my sister was good friends with your sister. True. And she said to me, now that you are Jana's boyfriend, mm-hmm. you're going to need to do boyfriend things. Okay. And to me, that meant that I needed to kiss you. And mm. first grade Chaz got extremely nervous. And I went and I took your stuffed animal, the monkey. Yep. Artie. Yep. And I threw him down the stairs. My basement stairs. Yep. To end the relationship. To, that was my out. Sabotaged everything. So sad. And I'm sad about it, but I think you've gone on to bigger and better things, so it worked out for you. I mean, different things. Yes. Different. And um, here we are. You um, rescue dogs. You want to talk a little bit about rescuing dogs? I love rescuing dogs. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I rescued my first dog 11 years ago. I didn't... Growing up here, I didn't really know about shelters. Yeah. And so I wanted a dog, and I you know, called a breeder, and I was like, this doesn't seem right. I keep hearing about all these rescue things. So then I went into a shelter and I like lost my f***ing mind. I was like, yeah. ah, there's dogs everywhere. So I got the ugliest dog I could find, which I think now he's beautiful, but he looks like a little rat. Um, and then I was just like, I have to do something. So ever since then, I volunteered at the shelter and I have three dogs now. I, I foster sometimes. All my friends have dogs for me, all my family members. There's like dogs from east la who live here in maine now oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah oh yeah God, I've, I've sent probably about 10 dogs back here now how do you let them go if you foster them for a while and get attached because that would be my problem the first time was really hard i had this rescue dog named tina fey awesome. uh, we named her when we were drunk and we we're like this won't stick and it has that was like nine years ago yeah and <laughs> she looked just like my other dog and she was really scared and like i was like how am i gonna let her go and it was really hard to find her at home at first because she's she's not your like classically beautiful dog but yeah. it's like my kind of dog she's just a little weirdo and i found her this amazing home and i i like drove her there and i was like weeping and i'm like i'm doing the right thing I'm doing the right thing um so that one was really really hard but like i still am in touch with her her family like i still oh. see her sometimes but then after that it got a lot easier and plus like you go to the shelter and you see all these animals that like don't get out alive and so it's hard yeah. to be too sad about an animal going to a great home 
that's you know you get over that pretty quickly once you like lose a couple of the first few dogs I lost in the shelter that I was like yeah. connected to that were put down I kind of got over that pretty quick it is yeah. sad but it's just yeah you get over it well you made a good point too that the dogs as long as they go to a good home granted they have to go to a good home but they yeah. I generally long... like to not rescue dogs and then put them in yeah. homes <laughs> yeah but my, my point is as long as they're happy like yes they do remember you if they saw you yeah. many years later they know it's and you they do but, they do but, remember you for the most part but yeah but in general they move on too yeah so uh, for me i'd be like oh my god you know where's bobby the dog that i loved and that he's, dog is like playing frisbee with his new owner he's sitting somewhere care. going Trails. yeah <laughs> just thinking of me and falling yeah. away but so this brings me to my question um th- by the way i decided to call my little list for future episodes this mm-hmm. is from the book of Chaz. So these are questions from the book, the the book, book of Chess. I think you'll really like this. So my parents' dog loved me when she was younger. And then I, I went away for like a year or something and came back and she was kind of distant and weird no matter what I did. And one day I had this, this concept pop in my head. So humans have dreams, right? And when yes. I was a little kid, I had a dream that my mom like spanked me really bad. And it was so vivid and real to me that I didn't talk to my mom for like three days. You were mad. Yeah. So do you think that dogs have dreams and let's say in her dream she thinks i stole her bone or whatever and she wakes up and can't differentiate between what's real and what's not yeah do you think that's possible for dogs i don't see why not i mean they certainly dream i've seen my dogs dream yeah but do you think they can separate it but do they dream i wonder if they dream in that deep of a state because they they i always see my dogs sleeping when they're dreaming and they're like i wonder if they get to that deeper level of rem yeah I think um, they do. They're just like any other animal. I mean, I don't I don't know. But my question is, do you think if they say they have a bad dream about you and they're like, oh, mom didn't feed us or mom didn't, you know, mom stole our ball. Mm-hmm. Do you think they then hold a grudge and, and imagine in their own mind that you actually did no, it? No, Chaz, they I don't think your dog just didn't like you. <laughs> I don't think so. I'd like to spin it for <laughs> you, but um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. So what would make my parents' dog be mad at me then? If I hadn't seen her in a year, thinking that she was just mad I was gone? could be that no that i could see more happening of it it's almost like she was punishing you and did yeah. but she didn't get over it so she you so you don't just... think dogs remember their dreams it's just a passing thing and they just wake up and they're like whatever yeah yeah my cat was, I was like hoping that you would think the opposite no I, I i think dogs are smarter than people give credit for i think they're i think, I think they're, they just can't talk but I they're think pretty they're smart. very smart uh but no i don't i don't yeah. i just think it would it would happen to people I mean, people yeah. don't, I don't think people maintain an yeah. anger from a dream. I mean, definitely in the morning. I did, though, as a kid. Like, for I how was long, so, though? For three days, I was mad. I, three like, days? I, I, granted, I, was, I, I knew it was a dream, mm-hmm. but the dream was so vivid and real that I was like, screw you, mom, you're a jerk. You did. I don't even remember what she did in the dream. She spanked me for something that I probably <laughs> deserved. But, so, if me as like a seven-year-old holds a grudge, I imagine a dog might. Well, wherever, what was your dog's name? Oh, Kiora, my parents' dog, yeah. Kiora? Yep, she's still alive, actually. She's oh, I was well. going to say, she's in, well, <laughs> up in heaven, she's she's not mad at you anymore, but uh-huh. maybe she is still mad at you since she's still no, alive. No, we've made up since. Okay. I think she, I've, whatever I did to her in a dream, she's forgiven me for. Well, dogs are very com- emotionally yeah. complex creatures, so. That's true. It's possible, I guess. I'm mad you didn't agree with me on that. Moving on to the next Chaz, question. I'm not going to agree with you just because you want me to. It's not who it's I funny, am. Jana. People love the drama. We, yep. can, we can fight on every question here. Okay. Uh, next question here. Certain celebrities say they don't watch their own content. Oh, right. Have you heard I people heard Johnny, say this? Johnny Depp said. said yes, that Johnny Depp has said it. If you, I've seen him in interviews, mm-hmm. and for me, every time I hear them say that, I'm like, are they just trying to sound cool, like that they're too mm-hmm. busy to watch their own stuff, or that there's really something behind it? 
So my question to you, do you watch things you've acted? Because you're an actress, writer, mm-hmm. um, you've done it all pretty much. Do you go back and watch your own stuff and review, your, review yourself? Because I do. Over and over. Yeah, because I personally want to know if I look weird, if I sound weird, or if I sucked. I also you know? think it's not like I have this humongous pool of footage to pull from where like I'm so I've made it so so big that I don't have oh. to get excited about acting and things like now if I didn't like my performance or the way I looked maybe I wouldn't watch it more than once but like yeah, yeah I want to I want to know because yeah, I want to know if I suck yeah right? I was I was like you can think you're looking a certain way and doing a yeah. certain thing and you watch and you're like oh that's how I look like yeah I will say though that since I started writing when I'm watching my like movies and I'm in I'm, I forget that I'm in them because I'm so focused on like if the movie itself is good enough yeah so it's definitely reprioritized whereas if like i was just acting in some movie uh, i might not pay attention to my scene or yeah. be really nervous about it but yeah. every time you know i watch something i forget a minute until a minute and then so you gotta nice. help me think of her name you're better at names than me the girl from that 70s show she's married to ashton kusher oh um mila kunis yeah so mila kunis the other day i heard in an interview she said she's never watched a single episode of that 70s show do you believe her i find that hard to believe but right? i mean i don't know if it's i don't know what she gains from lying about it. i don't want to call yeah. her a liar <laughs> i just i don't know it's mind-boggling so i'm glad that i would we agree think on especially that. too it wasn't like she was really famous before that so you'd yeah. think there would be at least a time period where it was like new and exciting and like oh my god i'm on tv yeah, yeah but she claims she didn't so okay good so you i felt kind of like a weirdo that i always watch myself i mean i kind of have to because i edit like my travel show i edit yeah. it so i have to see but even whatever movies i've done i immediately like the second it comes out yeah. i go watch it so I, I was like wait am i is that not professional should i be i think morgan freeman's another one that said that, that he said he was like in a hotel room once mm-hmm. and he, anytime he pops up on the screen he changes the channel i'm just like i'd be curious to I, bet, I mean i bet it gets old yeah well but I'm, if I I'm see, pretty vain though if i see either of them i'll ask oh. him <laughs> okay good Okay, what do I what do I got in here next? Oh, this is a good one. Um, you you won something on the Price Is Right. Uh, I don't, one right? is one is a strong word. Uh, it w- they were consolation prizes. Oh, I thought you got something big. What did you get? A ping pong no. table or something? I remember no, you... Chaz. That was because I didn't ever get on stage. I'm still upset about it. I so thought I was the, I was the fifth person. So like you know they have the first four people that they call up at the beginning of the show, right? Yeah. I was the first one called up after that. So I was pretty much on contestants' roll the whole time, and I never yeah. got on stage. Really? It was my fault. Why do I have... I have a memory of you being on stage in some clip that I saw or something. No, no I, I mean, I, I made a big splash for the time I was on camera. It was yeah. really loud. And Didn't you dance around I the down, I danced. Yeah. I, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, no, my consolation prize was a trip to Vegas and a ping pong table. Well, the reason I wanted to ask you is people are hardcore fans of that and are curious, you know, is it rigged? How do you get chosen? So what what did you do? You just waited in line? No. I mean, you have to make an impression and you have about 10 seconds to do it. So the producers are like, they go through every single person that's there yeah. and you have like 10 seconds to just be as crazy as you can. And they want the craziest person, right? That's what. Yeah, I had for. a bit of an, a leg up because at the time I was in college and I was living, I was literally living across the street. At Park yeah. La Brea. You're in Park yeah. La Brea. Yeah, yeah. That's where we like we were doing a semester in California. It was like abroad, but obviously not abroad. Yeah. So I but because I was from Boston, it was like a college it was like a college extravaganza. So it was all a bunch of colleges, college students. So it seemed like I'd come from far away. Yeah. So I had a bit of an uh, like an uh upper hand there because it seemed like I had traveled all this distance. So I used that to my advantage. I mean a t shirt. It's good to be you, Bob. Nice. I was to be you. Uh, I did a toe touch. 
What? You when did? they were, they were awesome. yeah. I did a toe touch. And I told all my friends, I was like, I'm getting on stage. And they so there was, me. there was no ping pong table. For some reason, I thought... No, there was to... a ping pong table. Okay, yeah, okay. But that was just a consolation prize. Yeah. Okay. And then I uh, gave it to my brothers because I was not living... Couldn't, couldn't you take money, though? No. No, no, no. You have to pay... Uh, taxes. On taxes. There. So I wanted to just get money because, like, if I play Plinko, there's no, like... It's not your money to begin with. So whatever yeah. they take out in taxes, it's, like, great. So I just wanted yeah. to play Plinko... It's been the wheel. That's all I wanted. Yeah. And neither of those things happened. That's still pretty cool, though, that you did that. Yeah. That's like, you know, 0.001% of society has ever... I mean, it, it was... I've had... I've had... I don't know what, exactly what my life goals are, but I know two of them were <laughs> to be on The Price is Right and yeah. to meet John Bon Jovi. And within my first year in LA, I had done both. Oh, that's right. I forgot you, man. So I peaked. You, you got a basically. picture with him, too. I did. Yeah. I touched him. That's pretty cool. I'm not even a fan of him. I think that's pretty cool. Well, I'm a fan, but I'm not a fan. Like yeah. You're... No, I have a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I and touched him. So how you said it was what twelve years ago, and you actually didn't. Years, I yeah. can't remember if it was all three of you, but didn't you stay on my couch for a little while? Adrian first... and I did. Yep. Yeah, for how first long? Two weeks, I think. We stayed on like your futon. And at that point, when you moved out there, because I was busy and doing other things, and I and I don't yeah. remember exactly. Were you both coming out there to try to work in entertainment? Because you were no. you started as an accountant, right? Uh, yeah. No, I I came out and I. I had been asking Adrian for like ever to come with me, and then finally she was like, "Sure, we'll go. I'll yeah. go." So she was kind of just like along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, but I had known I had already done an internship in college, so I knew like I wanted to be in in the entertainment industry. But for like, I've been in LA for like thirteen years, and I think the first ten of those I had a day job. Yeah. And I was I did I have an economics degree. You have a math degree. brain, yeah. Yeah, I have an economics degree. Which is really degree, funny so. because you wouldn't ever think that would go. With no. writing and entertainment, but it obviously did. I am uh, an enigma yeah. dipped but, in mystery. But you're not doing it anymore. You've been I'm living not. off uh, for the past three years. You've three just years. You've been focused on entertainment. living off my craft, as they say. You are a champion. Um, no, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's terrifying half the time, but it's exciting. Well, that's a perfect segue, actually. Let's go into some of your resume now. Oh, my God. Um, so is it reality high or hashtag reality high? You have it's, to say the hashtag? Yeah, I mean, I, I usually just say reality high because I, yeah. I feel stupid and old saying hashtag, hashtag. reality high. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is the title. So, so this is a movie that Jana um, co-wrote that's on Netflix, so go watch it right now. I'll put a link to the trailer. Right Give right, me some right, Yeah, just shut this podcast off. Go watch yep. it. Help, help Jana get some money. Um, but it's more, I, I hate to say this because you're probably sick of people saying it, but it's kind of like me, a new version of Mean Girls that involves a lot of social media. There's obviously yeah. different layers, it's a totally different spin, but that's the way I would describe it. Yeah, I mean, the, we didn't reinvent the wheel. I yeah. mean, I think our thing was we wanted to make a, I mean, it, it, the script itself, it's funny, it started out much more of like a teen comedy and it ended yeah. up more of a coming of age yeah. with comedy it's, it's still in pretty it. Fun, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. there's comedy in it, but it's funny just how through the rewrite process and production and you know you have we had great creative people on it but they kind of know what the market wants and right now it's more of the YA and so but basically like both my writing partners are are both men of color and they love but they always grew up loving like John Hughes movies and like they would watch these movies and never see themselves represented and so for, for us both of our leads are black and that was very important so it's like no we weren't reinventing the wheel with a story which many people yeah. would like point out in the well i try not to read the comments but um 
we we made a really like sweet. But it's, it's movie not even and... like Mean Girls was the first Mean Girls. Like there's been right. coming of age high school movies since the beginning of time, and I personally thought you, this was really well done. Like, well, thank you. Because for, for me, I kind of just both of us we went mm-hmm. to high school together came at the tail end of right when cell phones were coming around and mm-hmm. stuff. So we didn't deal, and I can't imagine as a girl in oh, high school God. with like when Snapchat came out and naked selfies and all the stuff that can happen with social media. I can't imagine. And it's like that. permanent. Like you, you. Uh. I was terrified enough as it was. And there's no like permanent record of things yeah. that we did, pretty much. There is. Something I mean, shoebox there is. Upstairs. I know. I know. <laughs> it's all I say that. Uh, <laughs> but for the most, most part, if you do something embarrassing, something embarrassing happens to you. Like, yeah. I mean, not that like back then, yeah, it could maybe <laughs> ruin your life for a year or two, but now yeah. it's like, it's kind of scary. So I, I, I thought like adolescence was nerve wracking enough. So dealing, having to deal with that extra added pressure it's 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 pretty terrifying yeah so we wanted to you know address that um and that made you know gave it a little bit of, of a different kind of vibe or twist than other teen movies but to your point like you really are you know basically just retelling shakespeare over and over again with every movie so yeah, yeah. We just wanted to make it good, and yeah. we were proud of it, and it had a good well, message. Because, you know, so me, I'm not, like, the main audience for that movie. And no. when you posted on Facebook to watch it, I was like, oh, because I want to support you and go see it. I was just curious to see what you created. Yeah. I thought it was great. And you're like, this like, is I, No, no, I really <laughs> I actually watched it from the beginning to end. I was down at my dad's camp, and I think Thank I you, because that makes a difference in watching. You have to watch it, like, 75% of the way through or something. Yeah. That's count, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but I had other options was my point. I could have been outside like on a boat in summer instead on a nice summer night. I went in and watched it from beginning to end and I thought it was I thought it was great. Thank you. Um, so if you are watching this or listening to mm-hmm. this and you are curious about what Jana's doing, go check it out. Um, but that's not that's not the end of the story. Tell us about the new projects you're working on. That's the on. end. Um, got, what, what was it here? It's uh, The Trap is your next one coming out with Mike Epps, uh, T.I. and Queen Latifah. Yeah. That's pretty damn Who cool. Who would have thought? Right? This main Good. gal. Yep. Uh, yeah, that that's coming out. I'm not sure when. It's probably going to be released on Netflix. It's a, it's a stoner comedy. Nice. It's um, it's about weed fried chicken, to be honest. Okay. Um, I'll leave it at that. It's it's about two guys who uh, <laughs> accidentally end up selling weed infused chicken, fried chicken, and um, yeah. I think that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> that's that, all that really I, needs to be said. Mike Epps, T.I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that should be coming out on, you yeah. guessed it, 420. Oh, God. Am- yeah. Amazing. So. And then, I don't, I don't know how much you can say about this project. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Praise This. It's called right? Praise This. And that's in production? or you're, It's or in you're development in at it's at uh, Universal. Yeah. It was with uh, the producer on that. It was Will Packer. He did... Uh, girls trip uh, the ride along movies he just yep. did what women want and um he's just like killing it like every movie that they have like premieres at number one so we were really excited to get to work with them yeah um and they had read one of the scripts that we had written actually which takes place in maine funny enough um which is how they kind of got to know us and then they had this uh kind of concept like uh it's like Sister Act 2 meets Pitch Perfect. And okay. so we had to basically come up with a story and go in and, and pitch that. And so that's in development over at Universal uh, right now. And then we've got we have a bunch of other projects that are in like various stages of, yeah. of development that we're really excited about. Like I can't like talk well, too you're much. You're not, not allowed like, yet. It's not like anything like cool or anything. It's just nothing mm. is like sure until it's like yeah. 
going into production or you oh, had yeah. some sort of press release about it. So it's just, but we're, uh, we have a couple that are really, could be really promising and would really, you know, kind of could be changers for us. So we're like really excited about it. And they're both projects that we, cause lots of times you'll get like assignments, yeah. like somebody will have a bit of an idea and you have to come up with it and you still end up like really putting yourself into the project and, and loving it, but it's a little bit different than when you come up with a concept yourself. And yeah. so both of those projects, one's a TV show and one's a film are ideas and concepts that we had come up with ourselves. And so we're really excited about those, but you know, in the meantime, we're always pitching, you know, we have like three or four, you know, pitching a project at Sony where, um, so we're, yeah, it's hard to keep track because you have to keep so many irons in the fire so yeah. that you, A, don't go crazy waiting for one yeah, and B, because it's just, things take so long. Yeah. And for people that are listening that don't really know the entertainment industry, you can write something and mm-hmm. it can be optioned or, or even made and then get shelved. You know, yeah. somebody, somebody could, Jana could write something yeah. they could say they love it, they buy it from her and then they never make it. Yeah, it's crazy um, to me. But yeah, it is crazy. People and I, make a living and they're yeah. like, I've never had anything produced. Yeah, oh yeah, there are writers in LA that have never, that are living but off their But have very writing. large houses. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I kind of just like to be somewhere in between there. Yeah, but what, what ideally you want to get stuff made. And it's funny that, yeah. that um, it was Will Packer because I, I typed his name in last night when I was going mm-hmm. to look, look at your background. Jana mm-hmm. got, I asked her a week ago to give me a list of things I that know. she had done and she waited till like the midnight hour to message I me. I was very, very busy. Yesterday, it's fine. It's uh, fine. drinking rosé, <laughs> deciding if she's even going to do the podcast. No, but trust. but she came. I did. And so I'm researching last night in order for this uh, to occur. And Will Packer has a video where he's talking about getting shut down by every studio mm. um, in Los Angeles when he was looking for his first movie. So I wanted to get it made. So um, I wanted to ask you about that because you told me you have that role in Reality High mm-hmm. uh, as, as Miss Savage, right? You actually yep. use your Mrs. real name, Savage, which is yeah. hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. And you did a great job in that. Thank you. Um, you said even the producers for that made you audition for that yeah. role. Like you couldn't, they weren't just going to give it to you. You had to prove right. yourself. Um, so I wanted you to mention a little bit about that, you know, for people that are out there trying to do what you're doing, how many years did you hear no? How many, like, how long did it take you before you finally felt comfortable that like, oh, I'm doing it? I mean, I've been making a quote unquote living off it for three years, yeah. but even in that period of time, it's just in this like last year, it's funny because you have the highs are so highs and the lows are so low and you have to like every once in a while I have to like stop and take stock of you know if I'm feeling like frustrated things become commonplace like a year ago or two years ago we couldn't it was hard for us to get people to read our scripts you yeah. know and so even even that the fact that we can get people not everybody but you know we have a we're consistently able to at least get people to read our stuff is like yeah. huge you know and so you keep building on every little victory and but I mean I've been in LA for 13 years yeah. so and I had different iterations of my career like I started out just acting and then I started writing but I was really focused on acting and then that like gradually just shifted to like writing producing and acting kind of became third in line I still yeah. love acting but just it's just a different love than writing writing yeah. I can get lost in it in like a way that I can't with acting usually um, what are you going to focus on going forward more? Like if in, in 10, 15 years, would you rather mm-hmm. have made it as professional writer, professional actress? What's the main? Um, writer, producer. And I would, yeah. I'd love to just be able to give myself like small roles and things. Yeah. It's just more fun to me. I don't know. There's so much pressure in acting to me that yeah. I, 
I just think I'm a little bit of a lazy actor. Yeah. <laughs> I have like, like characters I like to do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it's interesting if it's something that I wrote like very specific. Yeah. And I thought I would could really play the role well. It'd be nice to have a project at some point where I could try to have a bigger part in it. Yeah. Uh, but it's also have having some sort of creative control over a project. I mean, unless you're a very like known actor, you're going to come in towards the end of the process, which is great yeah. because that means something's probably getting made, but you could just kind of be a hired gun, like come in and do your job and leave. At least yeah. now we're getting to a point where hopefully we're having a little bit more of a creative say in our projects. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's like you never, you never have, you can never stop. Which I think is part of the reason I do it, because I think I like that challenge. But at the same time, yeah. I'm like, I'm insane. Why am I doing this? Yeah. But apparently, I mean, I must like it. Well, so do you, as we said, you kind of started with accounting. Yeah. At this point, do you have a plan B, or are you full tilt and you're, this is it now? You are yeah, writer, producer, actress for the rest of the time. No, my only plan B are just like thinking about like, oh, when I have enough money, I'll have a goat farm. Goat farm? Yeah, and I don't know how yeah. profitable that'll be. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could make goat I mean, cheese, but... if you have organic goat cheese, yeah, in That's L.A. True. But I would be doing it to, like, rescue goats and have goats and pigs. Yeah, and, and think, I feel cows. like people would want to come pet the goats, too. You can make some money at that point. Right, but then I have to be very careful because I'm not going to run a petting yeah. zoo. I'm yeah. an animal. Yeah. I shouldn't say animal. Animals are great. I'm not a monster. Yeah. Uh, so I'd have to do it right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, things like that where I could other, like... But those don't ever seem like, like money-making, sustainable schemes. So, no, yeah. I... Because there, there are times where, like, you're like, oh, my God, if something doesn't happen, what if I don't yeah. make... Because you can, you can like, get paid on a movie and then yeah. not get paid for a year. Yeah. And so even if you're, like, responsible and you figure out a way to, like, yeah. be responsible about your money, you're still yeah. thinking about, well, what if I never get paid again? Yeah. Well, it happens to everybody, too, yeah. not just, like, the A-listers. I heard um, Jason Bateman the other day in an interview saying that, obviously, he was very famous, doing very well in the 80s, and he said yeah. in the 90s he was considering quitting. Yeah, and then luckily he got um, Arrested Development, and his whole mm -hmm. career changed, and he was able to kind of you know blossom into what he is now. I love him, by the way. Yeah, I love he's... Ozark; it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I I do him too. I'd yeah, do. yeah. Um, but but yeah, so it's not it's and it's you know that's that's the rub of it because to make it and it's just changing. You don't have to be in LA or New York anymore, but mm -hmm. you still kind of do. Yeah. And people run into. I even ran into it myself when I was in Brooklyn, paying twenty five hundred dollars a month to mm -hmm. climb a ladder to get above a stove into a little loft bed. Yeah, that's... And you have this moment of like... It's even crazier. That's yeah. way crazier than LA even. Yeah, but you have this moment of like, can I do this when I'm in my 60s and 70s? Yep. And that's the tough part about it. Everybody thinks that entertainment is so glamorous, mm. but it's really a labor of love. And I'd say 98% of people that work in it aren't famous, aren't rich, yep. are doing it because they love the art. And people people forget that. So I'm really proud of you that you are oh, doing... Thank you. Um, ...everything you're doing because it takes a lot of guts to do. Well, it's... I mean, it's... I, I just don't know what else I would do. Like, at this point, yeah. you think, like, the times when you get, like, scared or whatever, yeah. it's not like there's another option for me. So that's yeah. helpful. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like I have something else that I'm, like, equally passionate about. Yeah. So that is, that is nice to not – and that way, no, I don't I don't have a plan B because there's just – I wouldn't be happy doing anything else. So yeah. it's helpful, except for maybe goats. Yeah. <laughs> Goats would make me happy. Which I think you should do regardless. Oh, I will. They're they're great.
You, you need to incorporate dogs, though, as well. A dog, goat. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, right. clearly I would have dogs, goats, cows, chickens, pigs. Oh. All that stuff. Um, I want to rewind back to one of your projects. I was looking at the Book mm-hmm. of Chaz over here. Mm-hmm. I skipped right over it. You were in... You acted in something called Vampire Slayer? Oh, Hawk not, and Rev. I was not aware of this. What is that? Oh, this that? is an indie film. I saw film. that your IMDb last night. Yeah, this is an indie film, which hopefully should be coming out soon. Uh, and I play a Vampire Slayer. Okay. Um, it is it is an indie horror comedy. Um, that sounds perfect for you. It is perfect for me. It's 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 so silly. Yeah. It's, it's, is it campy? It's brilliantly stupid and campy yeah and i awesome. i told the director that so i'm not yeah. talking shit like it it is uh about these two guys who they believe that there are vampires in their sleepy little beach town and nobody yeah. believes them because this one guy is just always thinking there's vampires werewolves and so when a vampire actually does move to town of course nobody believes him and then he has to go after them i am like their reluctant third so yeah i'm I'm like the one that keeps them alive during the process of hunting these vampires and it's a lot of blood and there was one night we were sh- we were shooting in the Malibu in the mountains and you think Malibu oh that would be warm but it was like yeah. 20 degrees we had to keep getting squirted with like all this fake blood and it was so f***ing miserable but awesome and it's not out yet you said it's not out yet it should be it should be done soon um, and then I, it'll do like the indie festival route <clears throat> try to get distribution that way and see see what happens with it but yeah it's... i will definitely check that out that sounds pretty cool yeah i'm pretty and casey's in that my husband's in that as well he oh plays, nice yeah nice. he plays a little uh, a cop oh you know what that reminds me of i'm glad you said that because i forgot so casey's a big fan of, of tom cruise oh the biggest like the hugest fan and so our mutual friend dickie was kind of telling me the story and he made it sound like like he was afraid of what Casey might do. That's that's fair. But but from from Dickie's version and your version, it went smoothly, right? So do you want to tell did. that story of it, how you um, met? So my husband, you got to meet him too. You shook his hand as well, right? I don't think Mr. I shook his Mr. hand. Mr. Cruz. He's, I didn't think I. Sh- I don't think I shook a hand. He he said hi. How are you? And I said good. How are you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but because no. Casey posted, he's a huge fan, like a mega fan, and posted a, a Facebook photo saying he wasn't going to wash his hand, right, or something like that. Cause yeah, he, it was like afterwards. I felt bad because like after about two hours, I wanted to just be like. But he was yeah. so happy. He was just all, he just was like, duh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he is obsessed, obsessed with Tom Cruise. Um, he's seen every one of his movies. It's always been his dream. And when Dickie, when he came on James Corden before, Casey was like, I can't believe you didn't tell me. And yeah. he's like, because this is why. <laughs> um, but then... Uh, so the next time he came on, he had us come on. We got to hang out in the green room, which yeah. I kind of wanted to just stay there because there was like, really good drinks and free lobster rolls oh uh, wow but, free lobster rolls I know, like, that's awesome. a pretty good green room yeah and then uh, so we went out we watched the show and then we came back and um you could tell casey just wanted to meet him so bad but we weren't gonna was like, he like shaking him. with excitement he was casey's no. gonna be so mad we're telling this story oh, no, he but... loves anybody's talking about him yeah. uh, <laughs> he doesn't shake his neck gets red whenever he gets emotional okay. in any sort of way yeah his like neck bulging bulging neck red no it's it's flat just like a rash it's just red yeah it's just okay. like a nice rash interesting um, so he was heading towards the door and we were standing near the door and so it was like he was such he looked like such a movie star he had his aviators on and he's, he's very handsome like he's very very well taken care of um, and he's got his posse around him and he's walking and 
yes, we were standing near the door, but he, I know he could feel Casey's gaze on him. And he's always, he's known for being very, like, personable. And so he, like, he stopped and he, like, looked at us and he looked at Casey and he, I think he just said, like, how are you? And then Casey put his hand out and just went, thank you. (laughs) And he's like, you're welcome. And then he said, you know, like, how are you to me and Dickie or something like that. And then he was out the door, but. He did. He did stop. I I do think he stopped specifically to talk to Casey because I think he could just feel Casey's like excitement. Yeah. Coming off, and it was very sweet. It was very nice. You said that he he, he was very attractive, right? Yes. Very. So this is, this is. I've heard conspiracy theories that he is taking anti aging measures. Have you heard anything about this? Would you like? Did he look that good that you would think that that's the truth? Like, do you think he's taking taking HGH or? I mean, you if know, somebody, stem cell treatment or what? Because he looks somebody, the same. As yeah. If did. somebody said that, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, he's. If he's clearly like aged a little bit like i mean he's in his 50s or whatever but he is yeah he looks incredible yeah. i mean i think whatever is he has access to i mean he's yeah he's probably i don't know i don't know what he's doing <laughs> but he looks good he looks healthy yeah i would imagine it wasn't it's not it's nothing like too bad for his body because he's yeah. he seems like he's very like I mean, I, I personally would do it. Like, people yeah. talk, they'll say, oh, I don't want to live forever. I don't want to live, like, I want to die at 70, 80. They say that because when you get to 70, 80, you're old and it sucks. It's hurt. Yeah. But if you can be 70 or 80 and in shape, that sounds yeah. amazing. Keep it going. So would you be a guinea pig and do something like that if somebody came to you? You're on set one day and they're like, Jana, and I'm like, yes. I got this pill. And I'm like, please talk you to my agent. Sorry, you, what? You, would, you would do it? I mean, has it been tested by the FDA? No, no. Just some, just some new Hollywood thing. No. No? I'd Most do it. people are crazy they put crazy into their bodies there's all kinds of stuff though now there's this guy uh, dr david sinclair mm. um nad i think is the pill that he has that... nad yes He's taking nads <laughs> nad i never thought about it yeah. it's, it stands for something that helps with atp energy production of cells mm-hmm. um but more or less like, there's a few things that make you age from your um the telomere shortening and all these different things but one of them is your cells don't make as much atp or energy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so he's come out with this thing he was recently on joe rogan's podcast actually oh. um talking about it and i don't once again i don't know if, if that's true or not I, I took some of it a year ago and didn't feel any change it's kind of expensive yeah. Um, so that's why I was like, yeah, I'll what wait. were you expecting to happen? Well, that's the thing. So I'm I'm young. It's made yeah. more for people that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s. You like, can't you know, grow a beard yeah, like anymore. I, no, no. Well, I was taking it proactively to prevent. Oh, okay. The long-term I, yeah, aging. I got it. It's not um, retroactive. And it's not it's not a beauty thing. It's not gonna yeah. like make your skin look good. It's just so that you won't don't lose muscle mass over time mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I think bodybuilders use it and whatnot. I mean, are um, there side effects? Not that they know of. So the, what he did, and he he's a he was a scientist at Harvard. Mm. He. I think doubled the lifespan of mice with it. So obviously when they do these tests about mice, they do them all the time for different things and it always makes the news and everybody's excited, but it's a mouse. So until they can do it with like monkeys or things that are closer to us, you can't really get excited. And I think they are in, in humor in uh, ape trials now. Um, And whether they're set, well, it's not, but it's not, once again, it's not um, dangerous as far as I know. Like I took it. Right. And I feel, I, I hope I'm all right. Do I look, do I sound weird? (laughs) 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 You got pretty mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my mind, my mind is definitely warped, but that was before yeah. the drugs. Yeah. Um, that was the other And, and I, can't, I can't call it a drug. It's a vitamin. It's yeah. All it does is allow your cells to make energy more efficiently, supposedly. I mean, I'll, I'll op- send you a link to it, actually, yeah, so you can check it you. out. Are you, um, are you being paid by them? No, no. Are they sponsoring I, In fact, this if podcast? someone would like to sponsor this podcast, we do yeah. not have a sponsor yet, so yeah. please give me your money. Look, I, I'm open to most things. I mean, I people get really judgy on the way people deal with aging, and I'm like, whatever blows your hair back. I mean, it's hard not to notice sometimes some of the yeah. lengths that people go go to because sometimes yeah. you're like, Jesus. 
Yeah, and well, I'm, I'm not talking like, like plastic surgery type of stuff. Like this, yeah. once again, this isn't going to make you look young. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you feel better and age more slowly. So say you started taking it now, yeah. you would look like you were you know, in your 40s when you were in your late 50s. Are you saying I look like I'm in my 40s? I mean, not... I thought you were pushing 70, honestly. Yeah, I was 72 LA, the sun, Jana, wear sunscreen. Old. Oh no, I'm gonna crack. I'm gonna crack so hard. No, honestly, you look you look great. You know that. The beautiful and talented Janice Savage. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. I like I said, I stopped taking it because I didn't feel a difference, and it was expensive. And I was kind of like, there's so much placebo snake oil. Who knows? Well, you're definitely not gonna get a uh, sponsorship now. (laughs) Well, no. So that's what I'm about to say. In case you're listening, Dr. David Sinclair, maybe I can interview Dr. David Sinclair someday. I had been emailing with him. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. This is before he was famous. So I've had some emails back and forth with him asking him questions. I I I was at one point um, pre med at at, um, Boulder, Colorado. Mm -hmm. So I know a teeny bit about it. Not enough to consider myself an expert, but um, so I kind of had stopped and was like, I'll wait and see. And then just a few weeks ago, he was on Joe Rogan talking about um, age reversal. So I'm thinking and, you know, I like I think Joe does a good job screening his guests. I mean, Elon Musk on like he has. Was he people. was Joe Rogan like into it like? Well, so this is the thing. I actually haven't listened to it yet. I okay. just saw that he was on, so I'm okay. assuming he's there to talk about that. Because there's another guy, um, Dan Blazeri, who's kind of like, have you heard of him? He's mm-hmm. like uh, the meathead Instagram, like shoots guns, yeah. hot chicks yeah. guy, and he had him on talking about life extension, and and I guess he was flying down to Mexico and doing. Um, stem cell treatment stuff and said it worked and I guess he had some injuries that it fixed and, and so I think Joe Rogan is pro stem cell and HGH mm-hmm. he doesn't like um, steroids though because he's coming from like the uh, UFC fight world so there's a lot of weird stuff of that right uh, and he doesn't he's not like into hairy backs and yeah well there's lots of problems ra- I mean, rages and tiny pee-pees yes and correct. that covers all of the <laughs> side effects yes yeah so who knows if once again I think it all it does is increase the ATP production in your cells but it could okay, it could shrink your it. it could shrink your uh, penis Vagina. as well. Yes, yeah, so your clitoris will fall off. No, It'll I be need gone. that. Not <laughs> because I don't need it, but I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, God, that was a nice little tangent there. Yeah, on how living, did we get living to forever. clitoris falling yeah. off? Oh, and living forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, jeez, yeah. Clitoris, my goodness, I'll have to, I don't know if this is YouTube appropriate anymore. Um, so the book of Chaz over here is done, but let me look and see what we're at time wise. Oh, we've got we've got so. We have so much time. We have 20 more minutes. Oh my god, okay. So I'm going to go back and revisit some things then. Okay. Um, oh yes, I do have one thing on here. Oh, so, okay. Uh, we, I was in my head trying to think if we had ever acted or worked on stuff together, and we have, and I totally forgot about it. Do you know what they are? There's two things that we've worked uh, on. The Ugly Duckling in first grade. Oh my god, that's true. I forgot about that, the play. Yeah, that's I not was one. Yeah. The Ugly Duckling, and um, at the, so that every student could have a solo. Yeah. Everybody got to come up to me and sing to me. Why are you so ugly? Ugly, ugly, ugly. Why are you so ugly? Why don't you look at us? Okay, so that's not one of them. All right, but that's that's hilarious. Which, by the way, I was thinking about this yesterday driving. Mm -hmm. Didn't I used to say Jana Banana with the meatball eyes put you in the oven and make French fries and you get pissed off about it? Was that you? I don't remember, but I I can see why that would be upsetting. As I was driving here today, that popped in my head and was like, did I used to say that to Jana? And I think you got pissed about it. Which I don't know where that comes from. I think this I didn't make it up. It's like a rhyme little kids say to each other. But what the hell does that mean? I don't know because like Jana Banana with the meatball eyes put her in the oven and she makes French fries. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Maybe that's why I got upset about it. I think because you thought I was saying you had meatball eyes. Yeah. But as far as I know, it's like a a nursery rhyme thing that kids say. But you just made me think of it with the ugly duckling or ugly duckling thing. That's hilarious. I forgot all about that. Now I'm thinking about meatball eyes all night. (laughs) Thanks a lot. (laughs) Okay, so so that wasn't it? Yeah, no. We Uh, we did two projects. Seth's movie? Well, 
Uh, Were you in Seth's movie? Because I was. Well, no, but I was well, kind of because Seth helped on my movie too. So that's kind of what it is. That's one of them. The cold one. Remember with Matt Hurley? Where you were like the uh, Russian? Yeah, I won Best uh, Actress. I'll put I'll put a link to that too. That uh, I've got that out there somewhere. I didn't even speak, so yeah. that tells you how powerful my we, acting it's is. It's because we were so last minute and lazy that we didn't have any sound. The whole movie doesn't have I sound. I thought it was because my emoting was so powerful. I that didn't too. Need it. This, this was an abandoned little room. I had an apartment downtown, and we had cool. an abandoned room next door. I don't know what that room ever was. It was like an empty like concrete a, room. But it had like a bar in it. Yeah, and I don't know why. I think yeah, probably, probably there was a bar on the first floor of that it's building. So maybe some weird was... sex club back in the twenties. Well, there was a, there was a there's an elevator that went up and down, and the owner, who I'll leave his name out, obviously, but mm. he had we'd always come. He was my landlord, and he would I'd come home actually, and he would be sitting in my living room smoking cigarettes. That mm. was the type of landlord he was, like just let himself in. I don't know if that's he, a kind of landlord. Like that's not like a type of landlord. He would have his, his legs crossed like this, and he'd be sitting in the dark in this little chair. John Gillis and I lived there, and we walk in, and he'd just be smoking a cigarette in the living room. We'd go, hey boys. And like and, it and wasn't go, a common hey. area; it was just your. No, apartment? it was our apartment, but we were we were fine with it. And he was a nice guy, but he would just sit there and tell us stories. And one of his stories well, so he's was lonely. probably yeah, yeah. But one of his stories was that he used to move bricks of cocaine. Nice. So he owned the bar down on the first floor of this building, and he would bring it up and down the elevator. And had this whole thing. So now I'm realizing that's probably well, what that a sex room. Club. Like well, I don't know if it was a sex club, but that room definitely was like used for nefarious, strange things. So we converted it to make it look like a Russian bar, and it worked perfectly. It was. It was great. It was really And Jana funny. was great in it. I'll put Thank a link you. to that one. I, I watched that rec- not too uh, long ago for some reason. It came up. Somebody had posted it, and it was it was pretty fun. Well, it might have been me, actually, because I've, I've got boxes of old tapes that I've, I'm probably being crazy about this, but I've heard that tapes and CDs eventually do go bad. I'm sure it's 50 years or something, but in my head, I'm mm-hmm. like, like even old VHS ones, I'm like, it's going to go bad unless I save it. Yeah. So I've been going um, through shoeboxes of old stuff and slowly uploading them to this weird YouTube channel that I have that nobody knows about. But Ooh. so that way they're out they're out there in the ether somewhere. So you might have seen it that way. But and and our mutual friend Matt Hurley's in that and mm-hmm. he's he's great. Um, but yeah, there's no sound in it because we were just so lazy. I think I don't. It was was it Josh Gas? I think that was doing the 24 hour film mm-hmm. festival right. Talked all of us into doing it. Yeah. And I don't think enough people had signed up. And so last one he was like, "What the hell are you guys?" And we were like, "Fine, we'll do it." That like was 12 the one hours out. where my cousin got almost got arrested doing that doing what that festival got arrested though they did this uh they did a short we beat him suck it uh but um he had asked my grandmother if he could use the dental office to record oh i remember that yeah 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 and the alarms go in the it was like a heisty thing and so there was a bunch of like guys dressed in black filming breaking into my grandparents dental office or my uncle's dental office but which is attached to my grandparents house yeah so my grandmother lives there alone or lived there alone and she had this really nice couple that lived next door and would like kind of keep an eye on her and so they look out the window and see a bunch of people dressed in black breaking into yeah, yeah. the dental office so they called the cops <laughs> and they actually had the camera rolling so it's in the film of the cops coming and yeah. they come in I and they, they bust that. them in and they're down on the ground and then so my cousin's like no my grandmother said i could i could do this so he's like <laughs> They bring him upstairs, and my grandmother's like, "Don't hurt my grandson." I said he could do it. So yeah, it was, that was that, awesome. that was the same uh, competition. Yeah, because people and like the cops must have been so confused because it's Bangor, Maine. It's not like anybody's used to they filming. Were like, yes, so, yeah, <laughs> they were ready to kill some people. What? We're shooting somebody in the leg yeah. at least once. No, that was a great time. We did. I did that. We did not win. I have to say, we didn't uh, win. Nope. It was. Um, Ian Bagley and Skyler's movie one, and granted, I'll give it to him. I was mad at the time because my ex-girlfriend 
started dating Ian Cro not Ian Cross, Ian Bagley. Oh, so right. I was quite upset that they won first place. It was but good, it was but rightfully creative. so, theirs was better. I mean they did they had sound. We didn't have sound. They had they had good sound. It was shot well. Yeah. Like, I guess we, I was just saying I won because I won by best actress. Yes. Well you were in a what, two or three of the or just two, mine just, and I think I was just in one. So we won best best actress for ours? Yeah. I oh. mean I won it. Oh you for won me. Okay. Obviously, yeah, it wasn't that important did. to me. I don't even remember. <laughs> I was probably pissed that we lost overall. But yeah. Wait, so there was another project we worked on? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Also with the gases. Um, so Mushing Mill. You were in Mushing Mill, right? Yeah. Seth's movie. Yeah. Oh, so That's when you were saying Seth's movie, you were talking about we, that. It was yeah. Seth and Josh and, and John. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So when you are saying Seth's movie, because he also collaborated on Bagley's. You. That's why I was confused. Yes. I um, was uh, in a scene with Ian, Ian Bagley. Yep. Yeah. Right. I, I wasn't acting in that. I was doing second assistant camera. Okay, yeah. That. But that's that was honestly probably what kind of spawned me to have the initiative to go out to L.A. Because at the time, Josh was still living mm-hmm. in L.A. and was just back here filming it. Yeah, um, me jo- too. Josh and Seth Gass are mutual friends of ours. And um, it was a great, honestly, it made the news. Like, it, Josh, I think, raised like a hundred grand yeah. or something total for it. So it was the first real professional, not professional, but indie uh, film to come through and, and forever. Yeah, I, I always wanted to be an actor, but I never would have, like, admitted it to anybody because I was like, yeah. oh, you're from Maine. What, like, you can't yeah. go be an actor. My mom's choreographer, and, like, so I grew up around the theater, at least theater adjacent. Uh, and then once I did that film, I was like, oh, I really like this. So I secretly, when I was in Boston, I started taking uh, acting classes yeah. at, like, not a good place. Um, now I think about it, it was like they totally scammed the, me. The, but... back, the back alley behind 7-Eleven? Yep. That was it. Freddie. So, Freddie and Mikey. Yeah, they were they were very talented. Um, and then, but I wouldn't tell anybody because I was like embarrassed. And then I finally like came clean that I was like, I'm going to uh, tell you guys something. I'm taking uh, acting classes. And they were like, oh, that makes sense. And then that's, but that was why I was like, I could do this. And then I found like a program through my school where I could go live in LA and intern. But that yeah. was that was like what set it in motion because I had so much fun. It's funny you mentioned that because I think a lot of people go through that. I know I did because yeah. when I moved to LA, I was doing production, and um, our my roommate, our mutual friend Matt Hurley, was doing just acting. And one day, I remember he came out. I think we were all like smoking weed or something, mm-hmm. watching a movie. Right. And he came out and he and we were talking about production. My roommate Jacob and I. And he looks at us. He goes, "I don't know how the hell you guys can get excited about that." And at this time, I secretly did want to act. I just yeah. wasn't willing to mention to anybody. And I wanted to turn to him and go. Well, I want to act too. Like it's not just production I like. Yeah. And it took me. I think I worked production when when I was in school. I worked at Jimmy Kimmel Live and Ellen DeGeneres while I was mm. in school. So a few years of, of talk shows and reality. Then Extreme Makeover for you. That mm. it took honestly till moving to Brooklyn that I mm. finally was like because it was a new city and a new yeah. fresh start. And I said, you know what? It's fine. I feel comfortable finally saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to go audition. And it's it's interesting that people have that. Um, phobia of admitting you want to be an actor or actress because there's like, so much judgment. People, oh really? You you think you're so cool or you want like to be famous? Such That's a like... hard thing to achieve. But like most things in the entertainment industry are hard to. Achieve. Oh yeah, no, it's I didn't. Easy. I didn't mean to say it's harder to be an actress than it is to work. But no, equally but, as hard. No, but that's the that's the perception, and I mean, I guess it's just more the general public doesn't care as much about any other yeah. like. Uh, job within the industry. I mean, maybe like they know directors. Maybe they yeah. know like the biggest produ- who the biggest producers are. But that's who you see. So it seems like such an unrealistic like goal. Like, oh, you want to be an actor? Yeah. And, like, 
Well, also, I think just the vanity of it. Like, yeah. when you look at a director or producer, they're considered an artist. They kind of yeah. get the, not, not the same level of respect as, like, an author or mm. a painter or something, but they have respect. Yeah. When you tell somebody, oh, I'm out in L.A., I want to be an actress, what's the first thing they say? Like, oh, what restaurant do you work at? Yeah. Or, you know, like... Until you make it. Yeah. And then they're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, none of us are curing cancer, but what we do yeah. is important. No, it's, it's super important. Yeah. I, I was talking to my dad about that. Like I said, I was pre-med at first because my dad's a chiropractor. He wanted me to go into medicine, which both my brother and sister did. A whole family of, of healers, they call mm-hmm. themselves. And I got an argument with one with him one day where I said, you know, healthcare wouldn't matter if there wasn't the arts. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, what what's the point of life if there's not the arts? Like if there's no books, music, mm-hmm. movies, um, a- actors and actresses, all that stuff, it does matter. And it's funny that people look down at, on it. Through it's, their a quality, like, it's a quality. It's a quality. Yeah, quality like, of life. Pe- people will rant and rave about how important reading is, mm-hmm. right? I have, th- I have this one friend, I won't mention his name, I'll get really mad, but he just all the time harps on how... He knows, he, though. He, he knows, knows who he is. is, and, he knows, right? yeah. and, and he'll go on and on about novels. I'm like, you realize a novel is just a form of entertainment. It's the same thing as if yeah. you went and watched movies for a few hours, but you're just reading for a few hours. Yeah. It's just a different way just to take in... To consume it. An, yeah, an experience. Consume art. And so it just it bothers me sometimes that we don't get the same level of respect to other industries. Well, yeah, there's no right way to consume art. I mean, yeah. yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, life is about being happy, right? It's true. So in my personal experience, if there is an art, it'd be a lot harder to be happy. Yeah, I I, I too struggle with the meaning of life, like most of us. But I think the one thing I can, the, the common denominator or the thing to boil down to is like, trying to like mitigate suffering and the opposite of suffering is obviously like joy and so it's like anything we're doing that's you know you know same with like other beings trying not to inflict any sort of suffering on anybody else or trying to help other people not suffer like it seems like that's the point of it it's the point of it right yeah otherwise what's the point yeah you just got so deep no, this is the whole point. This, this, it's That's funny. Where you get, when man. I submitted the first episode with Ian, I did it through this company called Anchor that then submits you to iTunes and all the mm-hmm. other ones. They immediately wrote back and they're like, uh, "Yeah, your your podcast got denied." And I was like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, the description is pretty vague. It just says that you're going to ask people random questions about life." That's literally what it says. It says yeah. Chaz runs asks random people questions yeah. about life. So yeah, we can talk about life and yeah. weird crap because it all goes together. That's honestly, that's why I like watching Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. or I told you I've been listening to Dax Shepard recently. Yep. Like, yes, he's talking to celebrities and entertainment, but they're mostly talking about their lives, like having kids or the drugs they did when they were in high school or weird stuff like that. Well, that's that. much more relatable than just talking about an industry yeah. that most people don't work in. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know. Well, I think what it is for me, at least, when, when I say, um, or when I have an interest in those shows, it's not because the people are famous or necessarily yeah. entertainment. It's just that they're successful and or happy. And mm-hmm. so I'm then interested to find out how they became that way. Yeah. So I think people look like, I know... A lot of rosé is my secret. <laughs> yes. Rosé and Jenna puppies. sleeps till noon. Yep. Uh, then immediately gets drunk. Immediately get drunk. Uh, you know. That's it. Eats a donut or two or five. Yeah. And then goes back to bed. And if she finds time to write, So be it. it. Um, but no, joking aside, I, it's, I think a lot of people are fascinated about how the process of getting there. And there's not one right way or wrong way to get there like i know i said this at your house the other night we're talking about genetics and being healthy i had a friend whose grandfather lived till 98 woke up smoked a cigarette right. took a shot of whiskey and ate eggs and bacon that was his routine so yeah. tim ferris on his podcast talks to a lot of like fortune 500 ceos about when they wake up and what their whole process yeah. is but there's no right way to get there no like, I, it's, I, it's obnoxious because 
a lot of those people that get up and like go 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 at six in the morning and don't stop yeah. like there's also a certain personality that thrives off that and so yeah. yes maybe that is why they're so successful but yeah. success looks different to everybody and maybe not you know being number one isn't everyone's yeah. ideal success i mean i think there's a reason why a lot of super super successful people are not not to shit on them but may not be happy because they may not have a balance you know yeah. so no i don't get up at six every morning and start writing but yeah I've, I'm obviously, I do work very hard yeah. and that is like the key is working really hard. But at some point it's like, you know, when, you know, living in LA, everyone's like, you gotta go to every party, you gotta go to every yeah. event. Network. And there's some truth in it because you, you do ra- meet, randomly meet people. And then seven years later that could turn into like some sort of, you know, partnership that ends up being the thing that breaks you. But yeah. I, you know, also it's like, no, f- that staying home and watching netflix yeah yeah there's there's this guy uh gary vaynerchuk who mm-hmm. talks about a big game about how he's constantly working all this stuff but he says you know i, I understand if that's not you yeah right like you don't like mark Wahlberg. i saw an interview with him and he wakes up at four in the morning yeah okay i'm not gonna enjoy that even if no. i was mark Wahlberg, and i was a multi-millionaire and famous if i was waking up four every day and doing three hours in the gym like that works for the rock and for him and like, yeah. like that that's i don't think i'd be happy yeah um and once again as we said earlier the key to life is happiness no matter what it, it is even if right. you want to just go sit in a cave and like draw on the wall if that makes you happy cool if cave drawing uh, is your thing yeah f-ing do it yeah <laughs> yeah don't and, doesn't matter what your dad says whether there's yeah. no money in it yeah but but the thing with with mark Wahlberg that i love marky mark is mm-hmm. that and i love that he has those two names he's two different people so at one point when he was younger, he was like getting in trouble, going to jail, drinking on the weekends, sleeping until noon, being a, a d bag. Probably mm-hmm. like I don't mm-hmm. think I would have liked meeting young Marky Mark in Boston. If you were in Dorchester, like, he probably yeah, I would have like he probably would have beat me up. Yeah. I would have like this guy's a douche. And then you now fast forward to how successful and he's so humble and nice and generous and mm-hmm. and you know in shape and all this stuff. So if you're listening to this and you're like I'm a piece of shit yeah, and I'm watching Chaz and Jan and I can't believe what Jan is achieving with a Netflix movie. You might be in your Marky Mark stage, and eventually you're going to be Mark Wahlberg. So there, there's you, you don't have to be waking up at 4 a.m. right now. It also depends yeah. how old you are. If you're like 19 listening to this, you're going to be in an entirely different place than yeah. when you're 40. Um, and so there, there is no right or wrong way to get there. Yeah. Um, but this is my segue back to you. Mm-hmm. How did you get there, Jenna? What was what was the day that, let's say, I, I, would you say Reality High was the turning point for you? And I guess my question is, just how did that happen? I know you had writing partners, but like who mm-hmm. got... Who gave you that chance or got your foot in the door? That was, I mean, before that, we had worked on a movie that was, um, that was in theaters. It was called The Perfect Match. And the way that came about was like, they needed to rewrite this company. And they were like, we need it. We need a page one rewrite in 10 days because we're shooting this movie no matter what. And we're like, uh, so my writing partner, they had approached him and he's like, I can't do a page one rewrite one day, but I have two. This was before we like kind of really solidified as a team. They said, he said, uh, me and my two writing, well, friends who write, yeah. when we write together, he said, maybe we could do it. Yeah. And so there was like nothing guaranteed at that point. There was no money. There was no nothing. It was like, go basically rewrite a script in 10 days and submit it. And if it's better than what we have, we're going to shoot it. And so we did. And yeah. we did. And they, they liked it and they shot it. And I mean, it wasn't life-changing in the sense of like money or anything like that yeah. but that was like our our foot in the door and then from there um that actual that that company had said they'd be interested in doing a like updated she's all that type movie with yeah. the black lead 
And so we went and we wrote that on spec again, no money, no nothing. Yeah. And then by the time we were done, they they didn't have time for it or space for it on their slate or whatever. So they were like, okay, go take it. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. And we had a friend in Netflix in the legal department. Okay. Um, it was in the very early days of them doing movies. And so yeah. she's she's also executive producer on on, the, on our film. Uh, yeah. But she read it and really liked it and thought it fit some of like the what they were looking for as far as like categories of viewers they they needed and wanted and so she took it to her boss um and it was actually super quick from the time we wrote that movie to shooting it was like or was it from the time we wrote it to release was two years no kidding so which is insane um and so i I don't mean to interrupt you but so far it sounds like a lot of random ass chance right Yes. After like your, your after, friend first was like, oh, let's give Jana a shot, right? So then yeah. you're in there. And then what did you say? She worked in some department? Uh, She's a lawyer at Netflix. Also, So I mean, you just she, randomly had a friend. So this. So my, I, my partners did. They both were friends with her. So then I guess my question now to you is how much do you think is random chance, luck, who you know? like? Well, it's like, it's obviously so much is, is who you know, but it's because we had all been in LA for 10 years and I... Yeah. The reason we knew a lot of those people, yes, some of it was, a lot of it was from, um, both my partners went to Howard. Yeah. Um, and so there's, they have a really strong supportive community out there in the entertainment business, but also we, it doesn't matter if you have connections, if you don't have any, if you're not ready for those connections, like, yeah. Well, no, the talent aspect. Of like, you, you have, have to have, like, something to offer. But, but you know, there's going to be somebody listening to this in, like, Idaho. Yeah. And they're going to go, well, I'm not in L.A., so I'm just screwed. What, what do you say to that person? Like, do, do you think you need to be in Los Angeles or New York? Yeah. You Starting out, yeah. Yeah, even now with the, with the way YouTube and everything is, like... Yeah, so much of it, too, is just meeting people and, like, people yeah. liking you and being like, oh, I want to work with that person. And, yeah. and that, like, especially for writers, has been great for us because we're you know, we're, we're personable, we're fun to work yeah. with. So it's like, I think it's not what I heard. No, you heard. Oh, that I'm personable. <laughs> Go f- yourself. Uh, I can't imagine starting out, not being in one of those places, especially yeah. like when you're young and you have the energy to like <laughs> go to all of the events and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think once you've established yourself, you know, there's, and there's also a million different ways to do it. And what are you interested in? That also, yeah. You don't have to be in LA to be in the industry and some like yeah. people who are doing podcasts, like one of my favorite podcasts, they're in like West Virginia. Yeah, we're in Bangor, Maine right now. Yeah. So, um, for my path that I went, I wouldn't have been able to do it from anywhere else. But, yeah. um, again, that's my path. Yeah. Ooh. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is just timing, connections. And then once you have the opportunity, being ready for the opportunity. So, yeah. like, I remember one time I got a meeting with a showrunner. And he was super nice, but I was like, I was thinking it. I know he was thinking it. Why am I having this meeting? Yeah. Like, I, there was no reason for me to be meeting with him other than, like, I knew I knew him through somebody. And so he was yeah. super nice about it, but I was like, all right, I'm going to yeah. come back when I have anything to offer you or something specific to ask of you. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it is random. It is uh, a lot of just your friends and your friends of your friends. Yeah. And having the right material at the right time. It's... So I would say it's a lot of hard work and luck, which is what What do you say to people that are fresh out there that um, 
that don't know anybody yet and mm-hmm. are like do you suggest mailing just cold mailing scripts because i used to read scripts at sony mm-hmm. and i'd say 99 percent of them just go in a trash can also yeah. they don't even go to any like they, when i was there i was an intern right yeah and they went to Chaz runs and i was deciding whether they went in the trash can yeah so do you suggest that people do that waste of time and it might it's probably different this was, that was like 12 years ago i was doing that but do people yeah. still just send hard scripts to the to the studios and hope somebody reads it and a lot of time, people can't even do that legally because then they'll get accused of stealing the idea. Yeah, a lot of times they'll just return it to yeah, you. Yeah, they'll just throw it away, right? They'll or return, return it to you, yeah. they'll throw it away. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's, if that ever works. I mean, because like you said, a lot of people will just like turn around and send it back and say, yeah. we can't read this. Yeah. No, I, th- I think you should, you just want to get somebody to read your stuff. But so, so. Do, do you think rather than going to a big studio is going to throw it away, should you go find a production company and sign with them and say, hey, like... You yeah, I mean, there, there might be now more than ever too. There's all these like platforms for you. There's like the blacklist where you can submit a, sc- a script and, and people will read it. And um, there's all these different like there's contests, there's uh, programs, there's like in like um, writing programs that you can actually sub. They ask you to submit samples. Yeah. Um, there might be specific things they're asking for, like a, a spec pilot or a, a spec script of a show that it already exists. Um, I don't know. I've never, I had a really weird way into writing. I didn't come out to LA to write. So yeah. I didn't do a traditional path in that sense. Um, but yeah, that wouldn't be my advice would not be to just start sending your script out because you don't know yeah. too. People can steal your shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hap- That's a happens. real thing that does happen. It does With happen. With music as well. People will be submitting their demos to places and also they hear there's a similar song on the radio. Like it happens. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, we are at our full hour now. Yeah, so we'll see if anybody likes Jana and watches this episode. I'm, I'm banking on some big hits here. It's yeah. really about me. It's all so about you. Yes. I'm happy to be here, uh, get in on the ground floor, as they say. Yes, I'm, like I'm psyched you came. I'm, I want way. 10% of all the money you make. No way. Jana gets no money from this podcast. Yes. <laughs> all right, well, I love you. That's it. We'll wrap it. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See you next time.